Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast, the show that empower you to redefine the life you want and live your best life now. I am Francine Belay, your host, digital strategist specialized in corporate and personal branding. I am also a speaker and author of the book, Personal Branding in the Digital Age, How to Become a Noon Expert, Thrive and Make a Difference in a Connected World. I am super, super thrilled to bring you inspirational stories, strategies, and practical tips to get more meaning in your life, make more money, and lead a movement to change the world. I am on a mission to help you to connect to your true identity, find your unique value, and become a leading voice in your marketplace. Are you finding it difficult to get anything done these days and be productive? Maybe you are unfocused, unorganized and have unproductive days regardless how much you are determined to get things done. I have been working remotely for the last five years and have created two useful tools for you based on my own routine and how the energy flows to avoid being stuck in inertia and get things done easily. So those two tools are the integrated planning map and the daily productivity calendar. When you are using both tools together, you'll get back in flow in no time. So the integrated planning map will actually be able to provide a variety of daily activity that match the natural energy flow to avoid getting stuck in inertia in the first place. With this planning map, you will be able to choose in the five categories, a list of activities to do every day at the right time to be more productive. With the daily productivity calendar, you'll keep in mind your top project for the month, the week output, that you need to achieve to move towards your monthly goals and also your daily priorities. You are going to have all those on a single sheet of paper. You will also access a daily calendar to plan hourly your task and easily block the time you need to accomplish your most important task. So this simple calendar will help you avoid the overwhelm by having in front of you the most important thing you should focus on at any given time. So to access both tools is simple. You go to francinebelay.com slash planner. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash planner. Today, I have the great pleasure to have on the show Nicola Lucy. She is a shamanic practitioner and shadow work coach who supports women to unlock the unseen hidden magic held in the unconscious to live an embodied and enriched life full of purpose, possibility, and wonder. I have experienced Nicola's work firsthand when she took me through a powerful process to understand the roots of some of my triggers and to be in a place of power to better respond to them. I'm really excited to have Nicola with us today. She will explain more about our triggers and how it can affect our lives when we are looking to do meaningful work and live a meaningful life. Hi, Nicola. Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. Hi, Francine. Thank you so much for having me. 
So tell us in your own words what you currently do. Okay, so I'm a shamanic practitioner and basically we believe and we trust, you know, everything has spirit. And therefore we work with the whole ecosystem of the seen and the unseen to bring healing and balance back into our lives and back into the life of the planet. So what a shamanic coach exactly is about? So if you can explain that, what does that mean? And what shadow work also mean? Okay, so in regards to being a shamanic practitioner, so I started out my life as a, a shamanic healer. So basically clients would come to me and I would work with my guides and my teachers beyond the veil. So when we talk about beyond the veil, it's that unseen world. Um, that we can't actually perceive with the everyday human eye. You know, we have to alter our state of consciousness to be able to access those other worlds. And so as a shamanic healer, what I would do is then I would work with my guides and we would bring back and we would do kind of soul retrieval, um, extraction work. So extracting energy that does not belong and then putting it back where it does. And then also the, the other side of things, which was um, spirit, working with spirit int intrusion, um, curse unraveling, you know, so there was many different aspects to being a shamanic healer. And what I did was my forte, my, um, the way in which I channeled my work was all through the shadows. So I became very interested in looking at the hidden side of the human being and all those aspects that we can't see. And so working, um, I kind of merged um, the shamanic healing in with shadow work. And so this is when I came up with shadow walking and the work that I do now. Yes, that's beautiful. But for people who don't really understand at all what shadow work is, what shadow is, what, what kind of shadow are we talking about? Okay, so the term was actually coined by Carl Jung um, way, way back. And basically, it's the unconscious aspect of self. So it's the part of ourself that we are not conscious of. And it's the part which is hidden. So in the shadow are all the parts of ourself which we have disowned or, um, you know, ignored or buried because we have felt that they have been unacceptable, unlovable um, to other people. And therefore, those aspects of self, we've simply buried in our shadow and they are waiting for us to actually go in and bring them back to light, you know, bring them back into harmony and do whatever healing work is necessary to help them live within us because they all have gifts and strengths and talents, you know, that we would like to access. So how did you end up being a shadow work practitioner? Okay, so I think I've always been interested in human behavior and the decisions that people make, you know, so from a very young age, I remember just observing people around me, mainly my family, and also then at school and wondering why they behaved in the way that they did and how they behaved and kind of their decisions and what made their decisions, um, you know, and what the, what the consequences were and where those decisions took them. So I, when I did, I went to university and I did my degree in psychology and women's studies, you know, this was an, um, an entry level to kind of help me to explain and understand these deep workings of human behavior. Um, but obviously when I was at university, I didn't get what it was that I was looking for. 
And so it wasn't until later, you know, when I started to become into contact, you know, like working with women's wisdom. So going away from the feminist kind of era, but really working with the feminine, that everything started to expand. So that's when I then um, started with the shamanic path and became who I am today. Oh, that's interesting. And when you were a kid, which job did you want to do? Well, that's, that's also really interesting because when I looked at that question and I thought, well, what did I want to do? Mm. But I remember, um, I think the only thing that I can really remember was I wanted to be an, an air hostess mm. because when I was little and um, the first time I went on a plane, I was three and we went to the States, you know, so in the, in the late 70s, you know, that was kind of a big, big thing. Yeah. But I absolutely loved flying. And, you know, you saw that the air hostesses, you know, they always looked so glamorous and elegant and they all looked after me because I was little. And so I really wanted to be an air hostess. Um, but then obviously, um, you know, with travel and, you know, it just seemed like a nice way to live. Mm. Then that kind of changed, you know, over the years. And then I started to want to get into business. Um, I've always had this kind of element of wanting to do business in some sort of way. And um, so it was nothing. I never dreamed of doing what I do now, which is really interesting. Yeah. And how did you make that transition then from, um, you know, you just uh, <laughs> dreaming of becoming a hostess to now understanding or really, uh, you know, uh, being interested into uh, human behavior. You talk about, you know, how you were able to observe your own family and things like that. So, but uh, from then onwards to really get to, uh, become the uh, you know the the practitioner that you are today. Uh, how would you say that that transition were, were, was made? So when I was younger, you know, so you know, I went through all that um, wanting to be an air hostess. But then when I went to university, you know, I was really interested in um, psychotherapy and the psyche and all that um, that 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 other aspect of our human behavior. And so I really wanted to do, be a psychotherapist. You know, I wanted to I enter into that world. I would love to, would have loved to have been in the, like criminal psychology. I really enjoyed criminal psychology. I, I had a passion for multiple personality disorder. Mm. And so I really wanted to go into that. But then what I found was that I really didn't agree with the education system. So I was always clashing with the education system because I just didn't fit into, into that structure. And so I knew when I finished my degree that I did not want to continue studying for another four, five, six, seven years, however long it would have taken me, and plowing all this time and money into a structure which was not really giving me what I really needed. And so, you know, I did a lot of other jobs in between. And so I worked in corporate and then I moved to Italy. And so it was really when I moved to Italy that I started to get in touch with my creative self. Um, but, you know, finding things that I really love to do and trying to build a little business from it. And that's kind of how it went. But I realized that I love to break things down and create something new. You know, this is my creative spirit. So it just seems natural that when it came to stepping into the shamanic work, what am I actually doing? And breaking down the old um, conditioned limited self to help other people, you know, find their own creative gift within themselves. 
Mm. So it kind of makes sense when you look at it in that type of transition. Of course, it does. Yeah, that's so beautiful. So tell me, what is one thing that people don't know about you? Okay, so one thing that people don't know about me. Um, okay, so I did work in corporate, I suppose. That's one thing that not many people do know, but I did work in corporate. I worked in London. I absolutely hated it. And <laughs> um, my partner is Italian, so I actually left my corporate job, you know, with the pension and the nice house in Islington and everything else to go and live in Italy, in the Italian Riviera. Um, which was absolutely beautiful. So I swapped my life from quantity and that busyness of being in London to quality. You know, so when I moved to Italy, I didn't really speak the language. Um, I couldn't work. You know, the only work that I could do was to waitress. You know, so I was waitressing in between having all these creative projects. Mm -hmm. And so that's probably one thing that not many people do know about me. Um, yeah. And so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a fabulous. So what is your superpower, would you say? Oh, my superpower is certainly being able to see the unseen. Mm. You know, I'm always fascinated by people. So, you know, I engage with people and just in the way that they talk to me and the words that they use, I can see the underlying patterns, you know, which make up their conditioned self, you know, so I'm able to see those patterns from wounding and trauma and conditioning that they've been exposed to, obviously not full on, you know, but in the sense that I can pick out things and see those hidden threads of their makeup, their internal makeup. Mm, yeah, so, and uh, we're going to talk about that later, actually. Um, so, but when actually did you realize who you are and what you're meant to do in this life? if it's touching has happened already. Uh, so that will be when um, I went to do my first shamanic training, which was in soul retrieval. And so my life had kind of, um, I had a beautiful home in Tuscany. I worked from home, so I had my dream job. I worked for an international business school, so I, I traveled every now and again to their offices in Florence and London. And Basically, so I had kind of like my dream life. It's what I always wanted. But then my mom actually got sick. So she was based in the UK. She was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And so I had to start coming backwards and forwards to help manage her care. And during that time, it became apparent, you know, that something was changing within me. And I actually went to a sound bath. And in this sound bath, I had a really beautiful experience. You went where? And um, for sound bath. So a sound bath is where you kind of, um, there is a, a sound practitioner uh -huh. and um, maybe playing the crystal bowls or the drum or uh -huh. all different instruments to help you get into a, a theta state, into a meditative state. And so I went to one of these. Anyway, I had an extraordinary experience. And the morning after, I knew that I needed to take it a little bit further. So that's when I did some research and I found, um, you know, the shamanic school that I had trained with and I went to do their soul retrieval training and I just knew it was something that was so, it was pulling me in such a, a manner and so strong that I just knew that I had to do it. Mm -hmm. So I went 
and obviously you have to do a few things before you can do this type of training but when I went I went for, for purely selfish reasons you know because I knew that there was something in my soul that needed healing so I went because I wanted somebody to heal me mm. so in the training you know you have to pair up with somebody else and you actually do soul retrieval so I was the first one you know having my soul retrieve which, which was an extraordinary experience and then the day after it was my turn to heal and bring back the other person's soul, the fragmented soul. And in that moment, I had a real um, kind of breakthrough. It was kind of like a, a, a crack in my consciousness where I realized, oh my God, this is something major. You know, this is not like, um, you know, mending somebody's pipes or doing, you, you know, your everyday job or, you know, washing up, this is somebody's soul. And the responsibility of actually being given that was tremendous. It just blew me wide open. And I was kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, you know, because I'm handi handling something so delicate. And obviously having experienced it the day before, so I knew what I was getting myself into. But So when I actually stepped into it, something opened inside of me. And it was that healer that had always been there, but it had been blocked off. It had been hidden in my shadows um, because obviously I, I couldn't tune into it in any other way. It was only by direct experience that I was able to open kind of that Pandora's box. And that was the life-changing moment for me. I just knew, I, I just knew in my DNA, in my body, in my soul, that this was my work. And everything led me up to that moment. So um, tell me, uh, what actually did you struggle with the most in life? Um, so when I was growing up, it was really being different. You know, I was very different. And, you know, so I'm a, I'm a dark-skinned girl, and I grew up in an all-white, very white family. So I was always different. And this always marked me out as different. So always trying to fit in. I was always struggling to fit in. Even though I did have friends, it just never felt right. I was never part of the pack. And so it was a bit of a struggle growing up. Well, what would you say that was your very low point, um, perhaps in life, until you got your aha moment that changed the course of your life? Well, I think it was, you know, when my mom got sick. You know, that was a pivotal moment for me. Because, you know, our parents, and especially if we have a deep connection with our mother, you know, we don't expect them, even though we know it, you know, that one day they are going to grow old and one day they're going to get ill or they're going to die. Even though we know it on an intellectual level when we're actually going through it, um, it's really quite profound and it, 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 it does, it breaks us, um, you know, it breaks that illusion that we've been kind of living under that we're always going to be the daughter or the son, you know, and our mum is always going to be there because when that happens and what, that ha what happened for me was that realisation that suddenly she's not going to be there for me anymore. I'm not going, I'm not going to be able to pick up the phone and tell her my troubles. She's not going to be there to support me. And, you know, having to deal with that was really um, quite traumatic because also she developed Alzheimer's. So it's not like, um, you know, the death that comes and it kind of gives closure. 
it's the deterioration of the brain cells. So we have to sit back and we have to watch, you know, this deterioration and, and the person who we love is no longer there. And so, yes, that was the low point in my life, having to go home back to a country where I really didn't belong, back to a place I really didn't fit in. You know, I only went back because of my love for her. Mm. And that it was so challenging and so heartbreaking to leave the life that I'd made for myself in Italy. You know, my partner is Italian. I had a home in Italy. I had a life in Italy. And suddenly to return back, into that kind of hostile environment that I'd left was extremely challenging. And I didn't think that I was going to make it. Mm. But you know, what I've come to learn over the years is that even though that was breaking down and I had to go back to face those, um, those shadows in myself, you know, at the same time, the shamanic path started to weave itself through me. So, you know, this is one of the concepts that I work with, with the shadow is that as we are clearing and unraveling the wounding and the trauma and the suffering, we're also reclaiming those hidden gifts, which are a natural part of our ecosystem, mm. and hence the shamanic path and the healer. Yeah, yeah. What would you say that how your childhood has then prepared you to be who you are today? Well, certainly again, my mom, you know, my, so my mum is my grandma um, she legally got legal custody of me when I was two, but she was such a powerful, strong force in my life. And she always nurtured me for my differences. And, you know, so I remember one of my earliest childhood memories. Uh, I was around three years old and I used to go to the little nursery school. And I remember coming home in tears and asking her, you know, like, why am I brown? Why am I dark brown? And every, because everybody else was white. So something must have been said, you know, like in the school. And it was a little school. Um, and she said to me, you know, Nicola, that's because you enjoy the sun so much that when you were born, you loved it so much, we just put you out in your pram and you were happy to stay there in the sunshine. Mm -hmm. So you got brown. You know, but it was just these little things where she nurtured those differences. And mm -hmm. she loved me for those differences. And also what happened growing up when I reflect back on it was that she was able, she created a container for me to explore who I was in a safe way, you know, so I've been able to explore my boundaries. So obviously when I got older, you know, and going into the terrible teens and I was rebelling against everything and, you know, my life started to go into that darker kind of side of life. You know, even though I was really pushing every single boundary, her guidance helped me to stay on track, you know, so not go too far over the edge mm -hmm. where I couldn't come back. Mm -hmm. So that container, you know, her giving me that container has helped me throughout my life to shape now also my work. Because mm -hmm. I'm, um, you know, I'm so strong on building this container. Um, for me to work within, but also for my clients to be able to explore that darkness within themselves. You know, this container is so very much important. So it, it's had a massive impact on my life. Yeah, that's so beautiful. That leads us to the, the, directly to um, exploring a little bit of the feminine principle and the work that you're doing. Um, so how actually the feminine principle is like, um, you know, the, 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 the work that you're doing can help us redefine, you, you say that it helped us refine, redefine our relationship with ourselves, 
others and the planet Earth. Can you explain a little bit that? Okay, so, you know, we are masculine and feminine. You know, we have the gender um, masculine and feminine, man and woman. But also within the self, you know, we have the masculine side and the feminine side. And basically the feminine side is everything that is hidden, you know, so we are emotional. It's about feeling. It's about getting in touch with those feelings within the body. And, you know, the hidden is always the parts of ourselves that we can't see. So it's deeply connected to the unconscious. It's connected to our dream world. It's connected to those altered states of reality where we're able to connect with those other worlds. You know, so it's all that history, um, it's all that, the mystery that's hidden. And so this is the feminine principle. And so the feminine principle, the way in which I work with it is, you know, shadow work for women. And so it's a place, you know, for women to explore their shadow side. And when we engage with shadow work or inner work, however we want to, to term it, it does help us immensely redefine the relationship we have with ourselves first because the more that we can work with what is hidden and we're able to resolve and heal and integrate wounding trauma and conditioning that we've been exposed to from a very early age then the more we're able to bring self-awareness into our lives and the more self-awareness that we have about how we are interacting and manifesting our reality on a day-to-day -day basis and the relationships in which we're manifesting them to learn our lessons then obviously we're going to be discovering more about ourselves, And in that process of self-awareness and self-discovery, then we're going to be more self-empowered mm -hmm. to live not from the trauma and the wounding and the um, conditioning that we've been exposed to, but to live from this empowered center of self within the body. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, when we redefine the relationship with ourselves, then obviously we're going to redefine the relationship that we have with everybody else, from our family to our intimate relationships, to our friends, to our colleagues, you know, and then out into the wider society in relation to politics, you know, religion, and um, all of these structures which have been created for us we're able to find how we want to work within them and whether they actually are aligned with us, you know, with our core values, with our ethics and our, um, you know, personal philosophy. And then obviously the more that we redefine that relationship with the self and others, then we are going to naturally redefine the relationship we have with mother earth. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be making more conscious decisions about our behavior in regards to consumerism you know, and whether we're going to be using the car 24 hours a day, you know, just to do little short runs or whether we're going to walk, you know, so how are we going to reduce our carbon footprint? How are we going to impact, um, you know, make an impact in reducing our waste, our plastic waste? And how are we going to start bringing in ceremony again, you know, just to honor the land and working with each other? So, and it, but it all starts with the self first mm -hmm. and this we can only do this by doing the shadow work and the inner work yeah that's uh, that's powerful actually so um i know that you also do work with triggers um which is one of the bigger thing um that actually can happen obviously uh in uh, our life um and um you can though you know you say also that you know 
our triggers, when we understand our triggers and we are able to go deep into ourselves, we can also understand what needs to be healed at a very deep unconscious level. So can you tell us how, you know, we can be better equipped to deal with or prevent us to be triggered in the first place? If we can take perhaps, let's say, a concrete case, let's say that so uh, a particular person for example let's say my boss or a spouse tell me something and that triggers me but the same thing that is said perhaps by somebody else doesn't produce the same effect on us why does that happen and how can we better deal with such triggers okay so triggers are emotional reactions to external stimuli okay so we get triggered when we see a beautiful view or we get triggered when we see a homeless person on the street um, you know or we get triggered when we're watching um, violence on the TV or you know so these are all triggers um, that come from the external but then also we get triggered in our relationships so you know from the moment that we're growing up we get triggered by our family and then our friends and then our partners and so we, we're continuously being triggered. So we're continuously experiencing these emotional reactions to these external stimuli. And so what happens is that what that creates from the unconscious self, and for those people who are not aware of how to work with the triggers, it becomes psychodrama. You know, so we just enter into the same argument, the same debate, the same conversations over and over and over again with the same people you know nothing changes we don't we don't move forward we don't move back we dread being with those people mm. and it's kind of like okay um we'll just get we just have to live with this mm -hmm. well in fact we don't have to live with it we can actually change it so when what the ex, what the emotional trigger is showing us is that there is something buried in our unconscious which is asking for our attention now, I like to call triggers our little um, soul helpers, okay? So the, the little helpers from our soul, which are manifesting in our day-to-day -day reality. So everything that we do in our lives is being manifested on some level from the unconscious, from the way in which we have been conditioned to live our lives. You know, so our jobs, our careers, our families, being the woman, being the mother, it's all been shaped for us when we were very, very young. Mm. So if something is not in alignment with our soul or it's been wounded or traumatized in some way, then obviously that, um, um, that wound is hidden somewhere in the unconscious. Mm. So what happens is that we will manifest an external situation, a person, a relationship, um, an event, which will trigger the same energy of when that was originally created way, way back in our childhood, mm -hmm. because it's triggering us an emotional response that we don't want to feel, but it's saying to us, well, wait a second, listen to me, because if you pay attention to me and you go within, instead of reacting unconsciously in whatever emotion decides to rise to the surface, whether that's anger or rage, sadness, depression, anxiety, instead of reacting in that way, if we just take a step back and listen to that emotional response that's coming through the body and feel the emotion, we're actually going to understand that it's got nothing at all to do with that person in that moment, 
but it's actually got something to do with unresolved wounding trauma or conditioning that we were exposed to from a young age. Mm -hmm. And so when we are able to sit with those triggers, we're going to find out much more about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one of the examples, and um, like you mentioned, being triggered somebody externally, um, so this is actually something quite interesting when we look at our surface level triggers, um, whether that's in our business or in our career or, um, you know, even just wanting to do something that we've always wanted to do, but we have a lot of fear around it. These are surface level triggers. And so therefore we will keep manifesting them over and over again, whether it's the same person or a different person, but it will be the same energy over and over again. But mm. because it's surface level, we need to get that's the conscious level we need to get deeper and so the only way that we can get deeper into what is hidden in the unconscious in regards to that trigger is by taking a very very big deep breath and dropping in and feeling the emotion mm -hmm. and allowing the emotion to guide us deeper into our unconscious to explore okay wait a second you know what is it Mm. And it's actually quite remarkable because when I've done this workshop, um, you know, for women, and it's something that I'm really focused on in my work, is that they have tremendous results very, very quickly, mm -hmm. you know, simply by tracking their triggers. They've gone from being in, reacting unconsciously all the time to suddenly they're able to track their triggers, you know, in, even in the space of 24 hours to one week. Mm. And they're able to see patterns emerging which they weren't even aware of. And then suddenly they know where they need to work. Mm. You know, they know what aspect of themselves they need to work on. Yeah. So I think that is really beautiful and uh, really understanding our triggers and what we can do for it, uh, about it. Um, so, and, um, you know, so to make sure that the same thing don't happen again. So if um, somebody wants to really understand a little bit the process of, uh, you say that, you know, when you get triggered, you can sit with that. But, you know, I'm sure that there is deeper, a, 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 a deeper way of, uh, of resolving those triggers um, than just sitting and, um, you know, going through um, ourselves and breathing into it. Can you describe or give some kind of tips of what can, that can happen? Okay, so, you know, our emotions, if we just think about our emotions for a moment, so a trigger is an emotional reaction, okay? Because we are reacting unconsciously. So somebody triggers us and we will just blurt out whether that's in anger or defiance or um, stress or guilt or whatever it is, we're gonna come out with it, okay? And that's the reaction. Mm -hmm. So the emotions, these are emotions that have been suppressed in the body as a result of the original wounding trauma or conditioning that we've been exposed to. Mm. And also as human beings, you know, one of the things that we have been conditioned to do is to ignore our emotions, mm -hmm. to tune out of the emotions, to ignore the emotions, yeah. to keep, to do something else, anything, yeah. but actually listen eat. to the emotions. It's <laughs> <laughs> shopping or do something. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, we, we see this in today's society, you know, 
we ignore our emotions. So we go shop, we, you know, we go shopping, we buy loads of stuff that we don't want. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's having an impact on, on our relationship with the planet, you know, because we're buying unconsciously mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or, you know, we will reach for the cigarettes or we'll have a drink. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so all these things are all unconscious because we're doing anything possible mm -hmm. to not feel. Yeah. So this is always the first lesson, you know, if we're going to um, really tune in and discover the magic of who we are underneath, we are going to have to get very comfortable um, with our triggers. Mm. We're going to have to start learning how to work with them rather than have them working against us. We're going to have mm. to redefine our relationship with our emotional intelligence first. And so being able to sit with those feelings and those emotions which come to the surface, in the beginning, it's never easy, you know, because we will find a way to distract ourselves. But with per persistence, you know, every time we can feel that emotion, just giving it five minutes, you know, so creating sacred time around it and saying, okay, for five minutes, I'm going to feel this mm -hmm. anger. I'm going to sit with it for five minutes and I'm going to ask it to show me you know, what is it trying to show me? What is, what needs to be resolved? And the anger will speak to us, you know, not from an intellectual place, because mm -hmm. this is not from the intellect. This is coming from the communication of the body. And the body is a, a unique and intelligent organism. So we're going to have to feel it, you know, but the answers will start to come up. Mm. But we have to get, un we have to get comfortable being uncomfortable yeah 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 i get that yes and then this is obviously also when uh, people want to go into deeper you come in as a, you know a professional to help also people go through the the, the process um if it goes beyond what they are capable of doing themselves right yeah so basically most people you know when they work with their triggers they're going to find a lot of things very very quickly that they were not aware of before so, you know, we track the triggers. Um, so, you know, just having a look at a day in, day out and write, just writing down, okay, who triggered me? What did they trigger in me? Um, you know, who was it that triggered me? You know, and then writing all these things down and then suddenly over the space of 24 hours or a week, you've got a map. Mm -hmm. So what you'll start to notice is that, oh my God, I've had so much um, anger um, triggered in me this week I, it's been constant and then you're going to see who has been triggering that anger mm. and then you're going to start to see a correlation well it could it could actually be um, my male boss mm -hmm. and my husband and my mm -hmm. brother okay mm -hmm. so obviously that's going to tell us something that it's got something to do with a male figure in our life mm -hmm. or not in our life you know it's because mm -hmm. it, it can work both ways yeah and then so suddenly we're going to be able to explore that map and that map that we are writing down through our triggers is a direct reflection of what is going on inside. Mm. And that's really when the magic starts to happen because the messages through bringing in this conscious awareness is going to show you so much more about yourself. Yeah, so I love that. <laughs> being able to just um, draw a map based on uh, who triggers us or if is the same person who triggers us um what are the kind of um um you know top 
topics or themes that are recurring, right? <laughs> yes. What, what is the recurring theme? Because, mm. you know, we are working with unconscious patterns, okay? And these patterns were created from wounding or trauma that we were exposed to as children. Mm. So what happens is, is you know, we, we were born with a soul and we were born, you know, with everything that we needed. But then right from the moment that we were born, we were exposed to our caregivers, you know, so that could be our family of origin. It could be a different type of family of origin. You know, they are primary caregivers molded and shaped our beliefs and our behaviors, mm -hmm. you know, so we were told what we could do and what we couldn't do, what mm -hmm. was socially acceptable and what wasn't socially acceptable. Mm -hmm. So we've been molded into, into the version of everybody else and therefore our true nature you know, our true soul's calling, our magic is buried underneath all of that. Mm. So we really do need to unravel, you know, these patterns to see the patterns and to see the threads and how they've created this false um, sense of identity. Mm. It's created a tapestry around us, which is not our truth. Uh, this is a big trend that I'm seeing in this series, actually, of the podcast that I'm doing for this season. Uh, when um, everybody I'm speaking to, all the experts I'm speaking to, are really talking about this personalized way of seeing things, not getting with the mass, but really looking at each other uh, inside ourselves, our inner self rather than the mass, what everybody else is doing, because we are really unique. We really need to go inside ourselves. Uh, this is really a thread that I'm seeing in this series, actually, and um, it's fascinating. Um, not following the mass, but really getting back to yourself, what really is happening to yourself, sitting with yourself, um, and uh, really finding solution from there, actually. So this is really beautiful. So tell me... Um, this is also, um, uh, um, you know, now let, let's talk about the movement. Uh, which movement are you leading or would like to lead or be part of? Well, certainly empowering women and girls, you know, to step into their own shadow work. You know, this work is, it, it's fundamental. And I recently interviewed somebody and, you know, they said, um, they, this um, lady that I interviewed, you know, she had three children and she said that it should be something that should be on the school curriculum. And I couldn't agree more. You know, shadow work is something that needs to be taught from a very young age. But, you know, because it still has a bit of connotation around it because every, you think, oh, it's the shadow, it's the darkness. Mm. You know, but there's so much beauty in the darkness. We forget mm. about this. So, you know, inner work regaining this and really empowering women to engage in it because they're going to have life-changing shifts very very quickly mm -hmm. and the beautiful thing of it is is that they will know when they're going to need to step into a relationship with a practitioner or whoever that is um, you know because also in today's society we give our power away so much mm expecting other people to fix us mm. and you know wanting to take the magic pill because they promised us that if i take this magic pill i'm going to get better mm -hmm. when in fact everything that we need to heal ourselves is already in our dna it's already held in the container of our body mm. and so really empowering women to to really get with this and understand it 
not to understand it from an intellectual level, but to experience it. Mm. When they experience it, that's when it makes all the difference. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, and also uh, one of the um, um, I, um, topic also I'm exploring in this series is also how we are also now able to use the online work to work with much more people because what you're working uh how you're working uh or you know the the the, the i'll say the the practice that you have normally will uh require perhaps to go and see somebody offline and things like that but um i'm sure that um you are also working online and you are able to work online to support other women how that how can that happen how can you support more women uh using the online work actually um, so yes, all of my work is based online. You know, I offer one-to-one sessions um, in the shadow working process um, and then also the online courses. Um, but what I found is that, um, so, you know, wanting to move out of that one-to-one model and to bring, bring it into a much more collective environment is to kind of create this community of women who are doing their shadow work. So that, you know, because when we do shadow work, it can sometimes become very lonely. Mm. It can become overwhelming, very confusing sometimes because, you know, we're dealing with things that we kind of, we know what we need to deal with, but it can be, become too much. So we get lost in it. And then suddenly another month's gone by and we're still in it and we're not moving forward and we're not moving back. You know, so bringing that community aspect into it because, when we start to engage the principles of shadow work, which is, you know, the emotional triggers, the law of attraction, the law of polarities, and then there's also the sacred mirror. You know, when we start to engage with these practices, what we're seeing is that we are all a reflection for each other. So being able to work within that container with many of us, mm. we're able to do much more deeper work on on a quicker basis Mm -hmm. so instead of struggling alone through that very dark forest wondering whether there is a light at the end of the tunnel suddenly we're coming together and bringing that in Mm -hmm. and so this is where the community aspect comes into it yeah so i discussed that also with another guest uh before actually this group um um um, coaching or group work sometimes is powerful because what you can do solo just thinking that you are the, same, the only person on this earth, earth going through this, you get quickly to understand that other people are going through that or even something that you are not able to put words on, other people are able to articulate that back and then you can recognize that, say, oh yes, this is exactly the same thing that's going on. So there's beauty and power in uh, actually using the group model and one too many, obviously, um, um, today actually to solve uh, many problems actually at, uh, you know, to make a bigger impact. Um, So tell me, what do you want to be remembered for? Well, for, for my, for my shadow work, obviously, for the way in which I hold, in which I hold space. And I think that this has also been one of my qualities that I've had to nurture, you know, and I've never been, you know, you, when you're starting, you're kind of not sure what it is, is your gifts and how they work with each other. Mm. But yes, being in my own energy, you know, being remembered for the energy that I bring to the table because I've come to respect and honor my energy and how it's different from another person's energy. 
And so, yes, if I can be remembered for this, I will be a very happy lass. <laughs> cool. So um, when actually, um, uh, what would you say you've learned from all your experience so far that you really want to transmit to others? Go within. This is the number one thing, you know, trust yourself, dare, you know, dare to step into your darkness because you will be rewarded over and over and over again. And I think that in this moment, you know, we're in, a, in an amazing time in the kind of evolution of the species. You know, we've got all of this technology available to us. And we're now with science, which is helping us to understand like quantum, meta, quantum physics, you know, we're able to access, you know, our own potential and our own power. And therefore, the more that we can connect with that on an individual level, then it's going to really shift and move things on a collective level. Mm. And it's got real potential to change to, to make that paradigm shift that's beautiful if your life was a film or a book which title would that be don't uh, tell me shadow <laughs> sh shadow girl or shadow worker or <laughs> you, do you mean a book or a film that's already out there in the space whatever it out there or is not created or whatever just um anything well Certainly, okay, it was my book, it would certainly be Tales of a Shadow Walker, um, simply because the journeys that I've been on um, are, are absolutely extraordinary. And the, the, those types of journeys that you, you, you kind of can't believe. You think, really? I mean, is that really true? Mm. It kind of comes from a movie itself. So yes, um, Tales of a Shadow Walker, because those extraordinary extraordinary journeys you know they're not extraordinary they are extraordinary because mm -hmm. they are beyond belief mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yet this is the makeup of our shadow soul and psyche and it's not just mine it's everybody's and mm -hmm. so there's lots of mystery and mayhem and chaos and calm <laughs> all woven through this divine tapestry that is our life um, in the physical sense and the life in which we've been living, but also in that other sense. So when we follow kind of like the ancestral threads, um, you know, looking at our ancestral wounding, our ancestral trauma, our ancestral gifts, you know, seeing those threads and also how we have lived in past lives, you know, so they all make this um, beautiful web, you know, that we're all part of. So there's so much beauty so there's so much beauty in and the telling of those stories mm -hmm. um, which are intimate and um yes into the strange weird and wonderful <laughs> cool so what is your definition of meaningful work and meaningful life well meaningful work and meaningful life so you know we all have a gift we all have a talent and therefore, when we learn how to tap into that gift and that talent, then we can step into meaningful work. And therefore, because we're stepping into meaningful work, we can then step into having a meaningful life. Because we've seen it in our society, you know, as we've grown up, we've been so conditioned to, you know, to study hard, even in subjects that we've absolutely hated, 
focus on our weaknesses, which we absolutely hated, mm. and go to, go to college, go to university, get all the degrees, get a good job, which you probably hate, mm. <laughs> you know, to get into that kind of system. And all the time we have struggled because we've gone against our natural grain, mm. the natural thread of our soul. And therefore, being able to tap into those gifts and those strengths and the things that really bring passion and purpose into our lives that we can't wait to get up for in the morning, that is meaningful work and therefore meaningful life mm -hmm. for the self and also for the collective. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So do you have any last piece of guidance that you would like our listeners, um, you know, to, um, you know, to to know about when they have to think about living a meaningful work and doing, you know, doing meaningful work and live a meaningful life. Yes. Engage in your darkness. Engage in your darkness. <laughs> Engage in your darkness because there is so much beauty in there. You know, so much beauty that's waiting for, for you for as a, as a person to explore. I mean, it's like being given the keys to the universe and saying, okay, you can go wherever you want and explore whatever you want. And it's all within you. Mm, and yes. so it's not all wounding and trauma and the darkness and the pain and the suffering, but it's also so much love and so much light. And when we start to get back our boundaries and we start to get back our voice and we start to get back all of these innate gifts, our life just turns to wonder. And so, yes, make friends with your darkness, for she's your greatest ally and your best friend. That's lovely. Make friends with your darkness. I love that. <laughs> make friends with your darkness. So tell me, uh, Nicola, just before we leave, so can you share some resources that our listeners should absolutely know about when, you know, it comes to live uh, their best life now? Um, so yes, um, I do have um, a trigger playbook, I like to call it. And so this just gives you what we were talking about with triggers, you know, it gives you those three basic principles, how to work with triggers. But then also within this playbook, I've created the trigger tracker. Mm. You know, so it helps you to see and create that map working with your triggers day in, day out. Mm, and this lovely. is quite a valuable resource. Um, because it, it's, you know, it can be for the, uh, the novice, um, but it could also be for the seasoned practitioner. Mm. So you don't have to be one or the other, but it's just a way to be, bring more self-awareness into um, how you're um, reacting to your external world um, as a reflection of what's going on in your, in your internal world. Mm. How and do we get hold of this? Um, so you can visit um, thefeminineprinciple.com. And there on my homepage, there's a nice big red button. Um, just click it and sign up for the, for the playbook. Um, but then also, you know, on the Feminine Principle, there is um, a blog um, with more information about shadow work. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the podcast, which has mm -hmm. just recently been started, um, you know, where I interview guests. Um, who also share their, their own experience of shadow work, mm. but then also exploring these different concepts and, you know, the archetypes and, and helping us to expand our level of awareness and, you know, deepen our consciousness mm. into this magnificent world that we are really part of. Of course, that's super. How do people get in touch with you? If they want to get um, know a little bit more what you do and get hold of you. 
Um, so yes, visit thefeminineprinciple.com. Um, you can also contact me via Facebook. Um, so I have a Facebook page, Nicola Lucy. Um, you can also contact me on Messenger. So there's also, you know, you can contact me directly through Messenger from the website. Or you can even send me an email, you know, you can contact me at Nicola at NicolaLucy.com um, or in, even Instagram um, at The Feminine Principle. That and is, so, yes, um, there's lots of ways. I'm always around. That is uh, awesome, Nicola. Thank you so much for sharing generously your knowledge uh, uh, about the triggers, The Feminine Principle and uh, everything that you do. It was a really great pleasure to have you on this podcast. Oh, it was a real pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Francine. And yes, meaningful work is meaningful life. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. If you are ready to discover how to develop your unique value and become a leading voice in your industry in today's fast-moving marketplace, make more money and make a bigger impact, I invite you to book a call with me today to discuss your objectives at francinebelli.com slash call. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I dot com slash call. Thank you for listening. The show notes of this episode of Meaningful Work and Meaningful Life are available on my webpage francinebelli.com slash podcast with all the references and the resources shared on this show. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to show your love and support, share it with your friends and colleagues on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Make sure also you subscribe to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the app where you are listening to this podcast so you don't miss any new episodes and leave me an honest review because it will mean that I will be able to touch more people who are going to be able to see this podcast in front of them. I will see you next week for another brand new episode of this season six. Until then, dream, act, and make an impact. Lots of love.